Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer in episode 139 of the Speaking Club podcast. I hate a lot about the impact of this pandemic, especially wearing the mask, but I'm trying to stay positive, grateful and find the silver lining in things. And here's one for you. The coronavirus has made it much easier to rob a bank. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognise the power of stories and humour in speaking and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hey, hey, I hope you're well and thanks so much for joining me again. It's a bit chaotic at my place at the moment as we're having to move all our stuff into storage. So if it's a bit echoey, that's why. But do you know what? I've learned how to stage my Zoom. I found a blank wall, stuck a few plants behind me and it looks fab. You wouldn't know I'm surrounded by packing boxes, bags and electronic leads that don't fit anything we own. Well, enough of that. It's smashing to be here with you again and I'm excited to share this episode with you. I'm hoping it gives you some light bulb moments. Now, as you know, there is one thing you can be sure of as a speaker, whatever platform you're using. And that is, if you make your audience snooze, you lose. There are some more obvious places, like the beginning and end of your talks, where you probably know that you need to grab people's attention. But there are traps all the way through your talk that you can fall into. During recent coaching sessions, a few of my students had part of their talks where audience engagement would drop, and we work through these so that their message would land as planned. So to make sure your talks come alive for your audience, I wanted to share a few of the mistakes they were making so that you can avoid them too. Okay, let's get into this. You may know that during my corporate career, I spent over 20 years in human resources. HR, or personnel as it's sometimes known, is a department which, in my experience and opinion, has a lot of authority but very little position power. Even though I reached director level, I found outside of the situations where employment law applied, it, I really had to just influence other leaders, managers, employees across the organisation to get things done. And one of the big tools I used to influence stakeholders was information and data. But many times in my early career, I fell into what I call the information trap, which is relying on the information, facts and data alone to convey to my audience what was obvious to me. Information and data will play a part in persuading them, but these alone won't be enough to create the result you're looking for with your audience. Not to mention that today, facts have lost a lot of their weight over the past four years in the fake news era. The truth is that facts don't speak for themselves. We are all viewing the world with our own baggage and through our own lenses and filters. This means that what I take away may be completely different to you. When you do any sort of talk, you need to put it together like a lawyer in a courtroom. You need to nestle the facts within a compelling case 
to influence your audience and persuade them to see the same story that the facts are telling you. I used to get my HR team to put together a monthly management information pack for the company leadership team. And the first few times they came and presented the draft slides, they were just a series of data tables and bar charts on attendance and so on. And on each one, I asked the same question. So what? Because I wanted them to look beyond the surface data to analyze it more deeply in the context of the business and our own goals. And it was often the case that when we asked the so what questions, it meant they had to do a bit more data mining and research to validate and explore those so what questions. And the first thing you need to do when you're putting your talk together is ask that so what question of the information you're presenting, possibly even multiple times, so that you can make sure that you lead people to the same conclusions that you have through your talk. Doing this exercise will help you to build the right context around the information so that it aligns with your message and intentions and resonates with the audience. Now I've mentioned this next point before on at least one show, but the best way to bring your information and data to life is by sharing a story about one organization or person that illustrates the problem or solution linked to that so what. But the important thing here is that you share this story first before you present the data. Think about the charity fundraisers you've seen on TV. They highlight one story before sharing how the problems affect the many. In movies based on real life issues like, I know, water contamination in communities, they will zoom in on one or two stories to get the emotional buy-in to the impact of the issue. And your aim with your story is to engage your audience emotionally to make the problem real and concrete and relatable for them. This is what I call the power of one. And that references that one person or one organization that we talked about. So once you've hooked them, you can then zoom out and talk about the bigger picture with the facts and information that you want to share. I hope that makes sense. And then after you've presented the facts, you then need to bring it back to them, to your audience and do a little time travel with them. Because what I want you to do next is show them two different futures with or without the solution you're sharing based on the facts that you're presenting. And here you can also refer back to aspects of that first story you shared to highlight any of the key points you want to make. One other thing that you need to consider and prepare for are any objections and questions that might come up for your audience. You've got to step into your audience's shoes and look at the things that might surface for them. And then you've got to tie up any loose ends. I was watching a TV series the other day called uh, Dead Fell Water. It was about a family that died in a house fire, all except for the father. Now I won't spoil it for you, but when looking at the father as a suspect, the police said that he had enormous debts, which would have been a motive for him to, to murder the family to get the insurance money. Now, this guy was a doctor, his wife was a teacher, and they lived in this lovely big house in a very small village in Scotland. And on the surface, I couldn't see what would have caused him to have these debts, and they never explained it any further. 
Not only, in my opinion, did it undermine the believability of the plot, but it was incredibly distracting not to know why this key motive for making him a suspect had happened. They lost the people in my household for a good few minutes because we discussed how he was a doctor, so he must have had a good salary, and his wife worked. They lived in a tiny village, so there was nowhere really to spend money, and so on. One of my speaking students is writing her second book at the moment and we've been talking through the content and stories she wants to share in the weekly coaching sessions. And often she's been walking me through the stories and it's raised obvious questions in my mind about the person or what happened that she hadn't thought about. And as a result of one of the questions we identified, she reached out to one of the people involved in the story she was sharing for more information. And she got some brilliant insights that will make her message so much more compelling for her audience as a result. So as well as the questions that might come up for your audience, the other thing you need to anticipate are the objections that, that might surface. Whilst they may have bought into what you're sharing, they're likely to still have doubts and concerns that might stop them from buying in. So you need to put the key ones to bed. Okay. So there you go. I hope these tips will help you fill the gaps that might lose your audience because none of us want that. And I've actually put together a framework called the fact sharing framework for bringing your talks alive. And I'll be doing a training video over the next few days that walks you through all the steps of that framework in the speaking club, Facebook hub. If you're a member of the Facebook group already, then I hope you enjoy it and you find it useful. And if you're not a member yet, then just follow the link in the show notes, answer three simple questions about your speaking, and you'll be able to access that training video. Right, so your takeaways for this episode are, start with so what? And keep asking that question about the information you're presenting until you get to the good stuff. Nestle the facts in a compelling framework. Tell a story about one person or one organization before you share information and data about the many. And take your audience into the future to see the possible impact. And finally, tie up those loose ends. Smashing. Well, that's it from me. I hope you found that useful. And if you did and you like the show, then please take a couple of minutes to leave a rating or review. And I've made it super easy for you to do that now. All you have to do is go to www.ratethispodcast.com slash TSC. That's ratethispodcast.com slash TSC. And choose where you want to leave the review. Or have a wonderful week as usual. And don't forget to go out, grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. Bye-bye. Snackable stories are short, powerful, engaging, and very shareable. Because of that, they're great to use in Facebook Lives, podcasts, videos, keynotes, webinars, blogs, in fact, everywhere to share your message, build your audience, and grow your business. The trouble is that finding your snackable stories and confidently sharing them can feel like a struggle for many online entrepreneurs, authors, experts, and coaches, and that struggle can slow you down or stop you in your tracks. That's where my seven-day snackable story challenge comes in. Over the course of just seven days, I'm going to give you resources and training that will not only build your skills and confidence, 
but will get you a tangible result at the end and assets for you to use going forward. And the best bit is that all of it is completely free. To find out more, including if you meet the criteria to participate, then go to saraharcher.co.uk slash challenge right now.